We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Week one's in the books, Kyle. Week one is in the books. I I, I had a poll question out there today. Are you, um, after, after watching the first game against Tulsa, we always overreact to all these games in week one, but... Have, have your expectations for what Oklahoma State can be changed at all? Do you think? Yes, undoubtedly. I knew, I knew the offense was going to be amazing. It's even better than I thought it might be. I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, the amount of weapons they have is ludicrous, and seeing it in action, just my first thought was like, who, who's stopping this offense? Like who, who in this league is going to be able to stop them? I don't think anybody will be able to stop them. It's just a matter of how many stops do they get? And I thought the defense looked kind of like what we had talked about, looked athletic, looked fast. Now they gave up some third downs and against a better quarterback, I think they would have given up a lot of big plays. Uh, that's a concern. But, um, overall, I, I, my expectations have changed. I think they're even better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I kind of wanted to check that against what you thought because, like I said, I think we have a tendency to overreact in week one. But I, and, and it was, you know, I, I thought there were two ways that Thursday was going to go. You know, the first way is that Oklahoma State comes out like they did. Um, You know, I, I think in the last two years against kind of bad non-conference teams, and that's a little slowly and then they get it going and then they, you know, then they end up winning. I guess they didn't win the central Michigan game. Um, but they'd sort of just assert their will late in the game or, and this is what actually happened on Thursday. They were going to come out and just look like a top five team. And they did. I mean, if you, if you watch, if you only watch the first quarter of that game, Oklahoma State looked like the best team in the country, you know? (laughs) And I mean, they're not, I don't think, but, that's what you wanted to see if you think this is a team that can win the Big 12 and 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 potentially make it to the college football playoff. Well, yeah, the line was 17 and a half points. You and I both thought that was insane. We if yeah. we'd been in Vegas together, we would just be Scrooge McDuck right now. <laughs> but uh I mean, it was that for a reason. Like Vegas Vegas is still building buildings for a reason because they they win and uh the way they I mean, Kyle OSU handed Tulsa 10 points. That game could have been 70 to 10. Yeah. Very easily. They they dominated the entire game other than two just bonehead plays by two of the longest tenured players, as as Adam Lunt said. Uh so yeah, it was it was everything you wanted to see. It was thoroughly dominant and just Tyron Johnson. Can we talk about <laughs> him a little bit more, please? I, I know I went off about him on the postgame show, but this guy, to me, Kyle, is just as dangerous as James Washington and Justice Hill. He is that explosive. You saw it the, the two times he touched the ball. It was magic. It was just elect, pure electricity. I mean, adding him into the mix is a game changer for me. Like, I think this guy is, as I said, every bit as explosive and as dangerous as James Washington. He's the best receiver in the country. And they barely, they barely played him. Dylan Stoner got more snaps. But I do expect that to change once the teams get better and once they get into conference play. But I was thoroughly impressed with him. Speaking of odds... Two to one in Vegas that you would actually one to two in Vegas that you would that Tyron Johnson would be the first player that you brought up on the podcast. Today. <laughs> they they took it off the board. It was so obvious <laughs> they wouldn't even allow bets. Uh, Johnson was great. Um, 
I really like seeing Marcel Aitman back out there. I thought he was he was terrific. Um, and and you know it gets it gets a little overlooked just because we're like oh you know with new guys and guys coming back and whatever. But Mason Rudolph was unbelievable. You know, like he was so good. Other than what two plays that that uh, the fumble, and then you know he had maybe one or two other passes that were that were not right on the money. He he was just, I mean, he you know Gundy said it. It, it was interesting. Gundy in his press conference on Monday said, um, you know, he's a great college player. He's like, I think he might be even better suited for for the NFL, which was which was really intriguing to hear. And then he said something like. You know he's got to stay in his box though. Got to stay in that box. You know can't can't get out of that box because we saw what happened when he did, um, and we we did see what happened. But he Gundy was incre- treats Mason. Gundy treats Mason like your newborn son. He wants him to stay in that that crib. <laughs> Doesn't want him crawling out. Got to stay in that box. It was it was so funny. Um, so he was great. Justice Hill. I mean, we we talked about it. We talked about all this in the post game. But Justice Hill to me was he he looked like. You know, I, I was watching a, a clip of him from last year, the Baylor game last year. He was really good. He was really fast. He looks like I don't know if he grew. I don't know if he was wearing shoes with like, like, t- like taller shoes <laughs> this this last week. But not only did he look like he gained weight, he looked just taller. He, he looked like a freaking all American. And yeah, he did. I just think if you're if you're an Oklahoma State fan, that is. Um, it, it it was really fun to see. I went back and looked Carson at the the first game they played in 2011. Remarkably similar, almost the same numbers for the top three guys. Uh, jo- Joseph Randall had like 135 yards that game. Justice had uh, 132, I think, against Tulsa. Blackman and and uh, Washington were within a couple of yards of each other. So it's as as much as we thought there were 2011 vibes coming in. It feels even more like that now after Week One. It really does, and uh, obviously we're going to get to see him on, on a Friday night. That's uh, let's hope that's not 2011-ish, the the Friday night game, <laughs> as far as uh, what happened against Iowa State. But no, I mean that's that was my big takeaway, Kyle, is they can win every game on their schedule, and have, we'll have a real chance to do that. They're going to have to obviously play better on defense and third downs and stuff. But that was everything you wanted to see, and. Uh, I mean, we're starting to see why Mike Gundy was so relaxed all summer. I mean, he knew his he knew his team was loaded, and they they really played really well and, and came out ready to play, which is what you want to see. And that was the most impressive thing about the 2011 team. Obviously, they won a lot of games, but it was the manner in which they won a lot of those. The first halves were, you know, they were covering spreads in the first half, and the spreads were like 30 points. Yeah, that's how dominant they were, and that's kind of what you want to see. And they showed off that that capability against Tulsa. Yeah, they did. Who, who do you? We I can't remember if we talked about this in the post game, but who to you was the the most impressive guy defensively? Or maybe there are a couple of guys that stood out that you just. I mean, we talked about the offense. Obviously, we talk about everybody on the offense, but you know, I, I think, and you said it, but the defense is going to be where the season is is won or lost. You know, if if they can create turnovers and, and Gundy said this on Monday, he said, you know, there's five teams in the country that can overwhelm you athletically. And then there's 30 that can win any game based on how they play within that game, turnovers, uh, penalties, et cetera, et cetera. So I I'm, I'm just curious as to who you thought on defense was the most impressive guy. 
Hang on, let me check my uh, Gundy bingo card for sites, just totally random stat. That, that's one of them. <laughs> five, there's five teams and there's 30. Like, does he have like a chart for this? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, so I, yeah it was great. But uh, no, I thought the two safeties looked awesome, Kyle. Trey Flowers is the guy I, I picked to be player of the year on defense for the season. Yeah. He he didn't make any like wow plays, but he was always right there making a tackle. I think he may have led the team in tackles. He was solid, but I thought Ramon Richards looked awesome at safety. Mm-hmm. He really did. Now, how will he handle you know a team that can pass the ball better, a better quarterback? That that remains to be seen. But he's always been a sure tackler, and uh, he showed that off as well. And I thought the two safeties looked tremendous. Those those are the two I was kind of watching. I know some of the young linebackers you'll probably mention looked good as well, but but those two to me really have a chance to have a big year. Yeah, I loved Ramon back there. <laughs> Gundy Gundy said. Uh, he his phrasing was hilarious he said something like you know ramon had his eyes on what they needed to be on better than he ever has in his career <laughs> in the in the game on thursday and it was true like you could see him anticipating plays i, I thought that you know he he seems to be a really smart intellectual guy when it comes to the the sport of football and um you could kind of see that on thursday he was anticipating things and I just I couldn't be more excited about them making that move uh, to him at safety. But my guy was probably probably Edison Magruder. Um, he's a stud. You know I, I love bondage. I I still own all the bondage stock and I'm not selling it. That's what I um, assumed. Yeah. But Edison Magruder was he was he was terrific. I mean their sideline to sideline speed on defense. I don't know if it's the best they've ever had, but. And, and I don't know if this defense will turn out to be great or whatever, but it, it seems to be up there with that 2013 defense that was so good. Yeah, I, I worry a little about the the linebackers looked awesome. I, I call Edison Magruder kind of like you know the oil baron. I call him like the seventh president. He's like the president <laughs> no one knows. You know, no one can name like the seventh president. But uh, now he looked he looked awesome. Bundage, I think, is going to be a star. Uh, but I do worry, Kyle, most about the pass rush. They, the D line really didn't get any pass rush at all. Yeah, um, that's well, they, don't, a they don't. They don't have a superstar, right? Right, and I, we all kind of thought Walter Scheid or, or Phillips might be the one rushing the, the quarterback. And you know, maybe, I'm sure it's just Tulsa. It's just one game. It doesn't mean they can't rush the passer. But right, if there are concerns, that would be my concern. But no, the the young linebacker talents kind of why like. Uh, going into the year and, and really Adam Lunt's piece, I thought kind of detailed it very well. Like it's easy to say, Oh, she didn't play defense, but then you just go man for man and look at the speed and the size that that's, that's something they haven't had a whole lot in their history on defense. So it's not every year is not the same. And I thought those, those two linebackers looked, looked great and kind of illustrated that. Yeah. Um, okay. I got a question for you. Um, uh, you Andrew have- Jackson's Andrew Jackson's the seventh president, by the way. <laughs> I better pick like eighth instead. I think we've all heard of him. Uh, if you could only keep one guy for the rest of the year, so you have to get rid of one and keep one, are you keeping uh, J.D. King or Tyron Johnson? If I only had to keep – oh, Tyron. Tyron Beckham Rice. <laughs> o- OBTJ. <laughs> you realize he, he has one catch, right? Yeah, I do, and it was probably the best play of the whole game. 
<laughs> just jumped over a guy. Mason threw a wobbler, and he just went up and got it. And uh, first did first you, catch of his career was did, could not have been more spectacular. But I, I know what you're getting at is that uh, the the dreaded wide receiver depth that doesn't matter versus the the running back depth. And I see a lot of depth at running back. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm gonna save that for my toast, but. LD Brown, I mean, he looked awesome. They didn't even play Chuba Hubbard, who I'm really excited to watch play. And I guess Gundy said that they're not totally planning on redshirting him yet. But I feel like you could lose King and and be fine. But um, that's more of my Tyron love speaking than just pure position. Did you see what Rudolph said about uh, Tyron after the game? He's practicing his end zone dance. <laughs> For weeks, I think he said. Or days. Something. Well, I think I think Mason did it. That that video I posted of Mason dancing off the field. It's Tyron runs up to him and he does like a little like hopscotch trot thing. <laughs> and Tyron was doing it too. So maybe that was maybe that was the dance we didn't get to see and Mason just pulled it off himself. Is that the official name for what he did? The hopscotch trot. <laughs> I'm at, at a total loss. I sounded really like a dad just now. But uh, no, that's one thing I mentioned on our post game show. Like Kyle, just watch next game. If, if if he's on the screen, just watch Tyron Johnson. He has so much swagger emitting from his body, he cannot physically contain it. He is just walking around. Pumping up the crowd, dancing. When he scored, he flexed for about 15 minutes in a row. It it's a joy to, It's like a he's like a throwback player from the U. It's basically what he's like. He's just got so much swagger to him that he's really fun to watch. Just standing around when he's waiting on a kickoff, he's just going nuts. <laughs> he's a lot of fun to watch, and he just did he not just stand out to you when he touched the ball like he. We joke about him looking like, or uh, I joked about him being Odell Beckham Rice, but he looks like Odell Beckham in pads. Where's the same number? Like, where, where's his socks? Very similar if we're going in the uni review, but he's just awesome. I can't get enough Tyron. You have all the bondage stock. I want all the Tyron stock. Yeah, it's you paid a you paid a premium for it, but um, don't you think this speaks to like the? And, and I, I don't, I don't want this to become like just a Gundy love fest or whatever, but. The system that he has in place in Stillwater to me is is so impressive because you get you get Tyron and he's at LSU and I realize he was younger or whatever and LSU doesn't pass the ball but all of a sudden you you shift him over to the system in Stillwater at Oklahoma State and he becomes electrifying immediately you know and and I I understand he has a professional quarterback throwing the ball to him so it's not apples to apples but I I just I I feel like the the way that Gundy has set things up, and, I mean, imagine what he could do with a bunch of four and five star guys, you know. And yeah. it, it's it's I don't I don't know if it's San Antonio Spurs like, but it seems as if they've kind of just plugged guys in and continued to be good year after year. Now you have to have a quarterback. We saw that in 2014, but I, I just think that. <clears throat> this this sort of plug and play type thing and and it, it's it's more noticeable right when you have a five-star guy like tyron johnson because you're like oh wow that guy's incredible and and nobody at lsu ever even noticed him and i i, I don't know that that sort of stuck out to me when i was thinking about uh tyron coming coming over to stillwater yeah i mean gundy has his system in place but it it can get sideways on him or get a little loose like we saw in 2014 and it was more than just quarterback too kyle they 
you know, he went through a few O-line coaches and the O-line just completely fell apart to where they couldn't run the ball like, like Mike wants to. And, and yeah. he said that, he said that on Monday, you know, you can't just stand back there and throw it 50 times a game. Even with this offense, you can't do that. Yeah. And he's right. You have to be able to run the ball. So it's, it is amazing how the system that Gundy's built, it just, it is plug and play. I mean, you just, you just keep running the same things and, I am. It was stunning, though, the difference between a Tyron Johnson and everyone else, wasn't it? Like that—that's what a five-star legit looks like. And you don't. Gundy's proven you don't have to go get those guys if you just get a lot of really good players. And that's that's what they have now. Gundy, said, you know, when they told uh, Gundy that Tyron only had one catch, he's like, "Well, we we really don't have enough footballs for all the all the guys that we have." And he's right. I mean, the receiving core is insane. But it was startling to see just, oh, that's what a five-star LSU-type athlete looks like. It, it looked a lot yeah. different. I wish they could get, like, one of those guys a year on defense. Yeah, that's hard to do. And it's <laughs> it's, becoming a, it's becoming a Big 12 thing, Kyle. I mean, if you're a defensive player, where do you want to go play? Do you want to go yeah. – do you want to be on the field for 80 plays – more than half are passes or if you're a D lineman or do you want to go play in the SEC where you get to tackle people? So it's, well, and, and that's the difference. Like if you're a cornerback, I would think that sounds appealing, but if you're a lineman and this is where we see the difference when SEC and big 12 teams play and, and big 10 and big 12 teams play is the lineman, right? Like the defensive lineman and, and, and the linebackers and, and whatnot. But, um, I sound like Pat Jones, by the way, whatnot. Uh, <laughs> should we get to a toast? Yes. Okay. It's time for the Coop Works Toast of the Week. Coop Works Bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, like on Friday night against South Alabama, enjoy a cold Coop Works and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, I, I feel as if you're, you're chomping at the bit to give your, uh, to give your toast. I want to toast a Saturday siren for – I'm going off the beaten path here. We're not going Tyron. We're not going Mason, James, on down the line. We're going with a former coach at OSU who is now hanging out with Nike and, and the Oregon Ducks. I want to toast Marcus Arroyo for assembling a stable of running backs. Running back stable. was a A stable. Running back was a huge issue for this program just as far as two years ago, three years ago. They didn't have a running back. Uh, they Now they have Freakos at running back. Justice Hill, Freako. Uh, J.D. King can, can power clean my house and ran away from a defensive back. The guy didn't catch him. L.D. Brown came in and looked like an All-American, granted against Tulsa's third team, but... Nonetheless, he had a 73-yard run. And the guy that I was most excited to see, other than Justice Hill, is was uh, Chuba Hubbard. He didn't even get on the field. So Arroyo really revamped the running back position with recruiting. And uh, OSU owes him a debt of gratitude, so I'll toast a uh, Saturday siren to him. I like that. You know, I think that – I think what – uh, Arroyo did at running back. Uh, Josh Henson is doing it at offensive line. Kind of has that same feel to it. I wish they would have been able to keep Arroyo. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, is it Wozniak or Wozniaki? The the new <laughs> not the tennis player Wozniak. No. Okay, Wozniak. Not the uh, Apple partner either. Um, 
<laughs> Woz, Wozniak, I, I don't. I, he might be a great. He might be a better recruiter than Arroyo. It doesn't seem like it, but Arroyo was a was a star. And um, you're right. I, that, that's a great toast. I like that. I'm also gonna gonna uh, toast a coach, and I'm going to toast. <laughs> you got something queued up there, Carson? I was, t- <laughs> I was trying to pull up uh, Arroyo's contract situation. I, I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna toast a F5 to Mike Yursich, uh because his offense came out and put up uh, 4.3 points per drive against Tulsa. Again, Tulsa, I know, but they didn't hold back, and I I loved seeing that from him. He he has a lot of trust, obviously, in in Rudolph, and he should. Uh, and he let it fly. And good for him because this this team has a chance to break the all-time scoring record at Oklahoma State. It's like 630 points or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it people get on to him for being too conservative, whatever, you know. And, and and it's been a somewhat fair criticism, but he let it he let it go on on Thursday, and I hope that that is a I hope that's foreshadowing for the rest of the year for what he does on offense. So, an F five uh, to Mike Yursich for the tornado of an offense that he uh, unleashed <laughs> on Tulsa on Thursday night. Uh, Mike Yursich is doing a great job, isn't he? Yeah, I mean that's that that's the take. I don't think people. I've fully embraced yet, but just look at the results. I mean, what, and I think in probably the lowest point of the Yursich tenure was that road game against West Virginia that they lost where they just kept trying to run the ball and it just was not happening. You know, I, I look back in hindsight and I don't know if I can blame Yursich for a lot of problems they had. They literally could not run the ball against air. They couldn't yeah. block and they didn't have any talent at running back. And now you're seeing what this guy can do with, you know, talent across the board. And the results are pretty staggering now. And which I've said before, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, he has Mason Rudolph. Well, who went and got him? That was Mike Yursich. He, he recruited him and got him out of South Carolina. Like, where was the SEC recruiting Mason Rudolph? Yeah. And they, they missed out on that guy. And uh, you got to give Yursich credit for that. He's doing a great job. And your take has always been that. He's underrated versus Glenn Spencer being a little overrated, and I, I think you, I think you're right on that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Should we talk? You want to talk unis right now? Oh boy, do I ever! Yes. Okay. Good. Let's get to this week's uniform review. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy sh- shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, can you get a number thirteen jersey at Chris Chris's University Spirit? They're on back order right now. They're sold out. We need, we need to, we need to get you one. We need to see if they can ship you one to your house. Does that come with the bandana that you tie around the back of your head that he wears? Does that is that sold separately? I mean, I think how, Justin, how, Justin Gilbert has been dethroned, Kyle, on the the uniform yeah, Heisman. Like it's yeah. it's not even a competition. I thought we were gonna have to block you from our Slack chat on on. Uh, on Friday, you just started just feeding us Tyron Johnson photos from from what uh, Jackson took at the game. Just yeah, the, the Flicker account was on fleek. <laughs> Flicker was on fleek. If that's what the kids say. Um. Okay. First things first. We'll get to. We'll get. Uh, do we even need like we did a Uni Heisman segment last year? There, do, I mean, should we just retire it for the season? Yeah. I mean, we'll have to do like. 
Should we do a runner-up? Uni silver medal. <laughs> because Tyron has the trophy case in his house right now. Okay, it's, I, it's, I've, it's the wrap. I've got a silver medal, so we'll talk about that in a second. But we need to talk about the helmets. Talked about this briefly in the post-game show. Um, what is your you, – you've gotten – You've gotten some distance from it, a few days to think about it. What is your final evaluation of Bowlegged Pete? Every time I see this helmet, it looks better and better and better. Like going through the highlights this weekend, like it looks awesome. Like it really does look yeah. sweet. The stripe is what makes it with the orange face mask. And I call it Patriot Pete because it looks like the throwback Patriots thing. All, all they needed was was bow-legged Pete to snap a football through his bow legs, and you, you have the Patriots. <laughs> but it it looked almost like throwbacky, you know? Like, it looks it yeah. looks awesome. Like, it, it's climbing my, my helmet ranks. It, it's better than a lot of the helmets they wore last year. I got to say that. And I, at first, when I saw um, Forrest Gump-legged Pete, I was a little <laughs> taken aback. But just as a whole, it looked, it looked fantastic. And I think it looks even better now in, in hindsight. Yeah, I'm with you. We're on the same page. I, I, it, you know, everybody just lost their minds. I, I wrote this on Tuesday. You could have put. I mean, it's the first game, so you could put like the poop emoji on the side of a helmet, and people would be like, "Oh, <laughs> it's a great helmet. I love that helmet. Got you a know? brown stripe." Yeah. So, I'm I. <laughs> I try to take it with a grain of salt, like people just going crazy. And I, and at first, I, I went back and forth on it. At first, I didn't like in the still photos that that people were tweeting out. I was like, eh, it's okay. Like it should be good, but it I don't. There's something off about it. But then when you watched it in the actual game, like with with people running around and stuff, I I just thought it looked. Uh, I thought it looked awesome. Like I thought it looked really good. So I'm I'm with you. The the further I get away from it. Uh, the more the more I enjoy it, so I think we're on the same page with the with the helmet. Yeah, and I was I was taken aback at first, like I said, because of Pete, because I'm just so tired of not seeing the brand. Like, how good would the brand have looked on that helmet? Like, just the regular old orange brand, or the chrome brand, or I mean, since it was an orange, white, and black helmet, I, I think just the, the normal old or the chrome brand. Yeah, if you want to go that way, but. I mean, I don't know. I just it was more frustration for me again not seeing the brand or the badge, just more more Pete, which I'm not a fan of. But at least bow-legged Pete, I thought looked better as a whole than uh, little Bo Pete and Phantom <laughs> Pete and Matt Giant Pete, all of the Petes. So. Somebody somebody said uh, I think it was it was either Chris Knox or Kyle Cox in our in our Slack said that. Uh, the the head on uh, bow legged Pete is probably is like might be bigger than little Bo Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you uh, feel? How do you feel about bow legged Pete? Isn't that always? That, it's always weirded me out a little seeing his legs. Like I know he rides a horse, but how do you feel about Pete with his bow legs? These are among the questions I didn't think we would be talking about on a podcast ever. Uh, very important. I mean, because yeah. like Spencer Spencer Hall, who runs the uh, Every Day Should Be Saturday account, was wearing the uh, the wrestling Pete. Yeah, he's wearing the singlet or whatever, and he's got the bow legs there too. So I, I'm I, I'm fine with it. It's never weirded me out just because he's got the big chaps on too. So it's sort of. 
like it's not just like you see his he's not in jeans or like shorts which would be bad (laughs) (laughs) that'd be really bad um i get you i'm okay with it and and the way they used it like that old patriots or the pay the it's a what is it on the side of the patriots helmet just a like a soldier it's a patriot down in like his stance hiking the football yeah, I think that one's probably a little better, but but Oklahoma State sort of used bow-legged Pete in the same manner. So it, they looked remarkably similar. It looked like yeah. the template almost. Yeah, the stripe thought, on down to the stripe. I thought it was good. Um, uni silver medal. What do you got? I, uni I've got mine. Silver medal. Why don't you go first? Uh, Trey Flowers. I've always been a big big Trey oh. Flowers guy. Um, he wore this this one a little under the radar, but he wore two pairs of socks. So he went orange underneath and then white on top. You know, in, oh. in uh, middle school when it used to be cool to wear like black and then white or white and then black. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Oh yeah. Like you had the the new Penny Hardaway shoes and you you wore the two pairs of socks. Oh yeah, you had to go yeah. double socks. Yeah, or the Scotty Pippen with the air on the side. Those shoes were amazing. <laughs> Um, so Trey Flowers is, is trying to bring that back or maybe it's a thing again. I don't know. I've got three kids, so who knows? Um, <laughs> but I, I, it was a good look. I liked it. And, and he, uh, he was, he's, he's always like, he's kind of tall and big for, for a safety. So he, I feel like he always looks pretty good. Um, so yeah, I'm in on Trey, Trey Flowers is like, he gets my silver medal for Saturday. My silver medal is going to go to... Oh, how about, uh, did you like justice with the one sock? I'm looking at justice right now. I don't know how I feel about that. Was that like an injury thing? Like a sleeve? Like, or was that just on purpose? Like what, like what your grandfather wears like, <laughs> to keep, to keep the blood flowing. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, uh, I wanted to go bondage cause he wears number one, but he didn't have very many accessories. So, um, I, I I'm going Tyron. I, I don't even have a silver medal. I, just, I I'll just, have to. Just Tyron. I, I, I didn't watch anyone else. I just stared in amazement at Tyron's uni concepts the entire game. Um, I wasn't really studying that that hard for the silver medal. That's uh, so good. But uh, Ramon Ramon wears a solid uniform, don't you? Like Ramon kind of freelances a little bit himself. So yeah, I'll, I'll go. I, I'll go Ramon Richards. He had a, okay. He has, has kind of like the eye black now with the yeah. uh, the tape. Yeah, looks good. Well, I love it's it. A good look. Yeah, he was asked. Hayden asked him on Monday uh, if he's a badge or a brand guy, and he said uh, he said brand all the way. He loves the brand. He rides for the brand. He rides for the brand. Yes, I knew I liked Ramon. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's hear one more one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Um, 
any other lingering thoughts from week one? Uh, should we talk about just what happened nationally? A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I don't think Texas is going twelve and one. Do you? Doubtful. It's I mean, what a it's joke. Not, it's not looking good. <laughs> what an absolute joke. Like Chip Brown should have to like issue a public apology for that to all of his subscribers. Like that's nothing's changed down there, Kyle. They still have the same dudes that that lost to Kansas that you know haven't haven't been to a bowl game in four years. You know, they're, they're why, why do people keep buying in with Texas? Their PP has changed colors, though. <laughs> You're a bad teammate. <laughs> Wasn't that the worst one? You're a, you're a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you're a bad guy. I'm starting to wonder. Uh, I think I've brought this up with you before. Is it just a Texas thing? Like, if Nick could Nick Saban win at Texas? Well, he can win on planet Jupiter. Yeah, but, but Nick I do a, think it's fair. To, it's a fair assumption to say that Texas. It's a it's a systemic thing from Texas because. Mac Brown had them rolling better than anybody in their history, and he won two conference titles. Now, yeah. part, of, part of that's because Bob Stoops was next door. I mean, and Texas has won, what, one national title in 60 years? It's not a just a powerhouse football program. They were terrible in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, they were not good in the 80s, hardly. They're just they're not, they're not Oklahoma as far as prestige and, and winning. And I do think it's a Texas problem because, I mean, evidence and history tells us that it's not a big-time football program, but everyone seems to think it is. I think there's there's issues with the boosters and the, the power structure at Texas. That's a problem. And they obviously haven't hired the right coaches. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that Tom Herman's the wrong coach after one game. I don't think that's what you're saying either. But it just feels like everybody's waiting on something that might never happen. I don't know. I, I'm not saying Texas is never going to be good again. I think they, they will be a good program, but I just don't think they have the, um, as of now, I don't think they have the structure in place to be an Alabama or an OU. And I, I don't know why, like I, I haven't like done a deep dive on why that is, but that was embarrassing on Saturday. I mean, they, they looked, I watched the second half. They looked terrible. I mean, just what? What are you? Not even, forget the offense, but like you can't, you can't stop Maryland. You've got like six five stars running around on your deep, just pros all over the place, and you can't stop Maryland. What? What are you? What are you doing? Like, yeah, Maryland's bad. Maryland's bad. Like they're picked yeah. to finish just ahead of Rutgers for second to last in their division in the Big Ten, the Big Ten of all teams, by the way. Um, yeah, it's just it's ugly. Big Twelve looked terrible. I, th- I thought it was funny though, like. I thought Baylor losing to Liberty was hilarious. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And for all the people saying, oh, this is terrible for the Big 12. If Texas loses, that's terrible for OU and OSU. I'm of the opinion that if OU and OSU win out or win, lose one game, the committee's not going to go, well, if only Texas was 8-4 and four instead of 5-7, and seven, I think we'd put, we'd put OSU in the playoff. Like th- that's, that's not going to be the discussion. So while it does hurt the league, and it would help OSU's resume if Texas was ranked even. I'm not losing any sleep over Texas stinking. The, the last thing that OSU needs is Texas to be back because Mike Gundy's enjoyed them being down for quite some time now. They won four straight in Austin. So that I don't, I'm not sitting over here wishing Texas was back by any means. 
like some people are. Yeah, I, I see what you're. I, I see your point, but also like just the. I mean, that doesn't doesn't. And and this is more of an Oklahoma State problem than it is an OU problem. But if you get to the end of the year, and you're trying to pick between a twelve and one Oklahoma State and a twelve and one, let's say Michigan, doesn't the perception of the Big Twelve just kill you? Like and and. And the the point being that like Baylor losing the Liberty is not helping you. Texas getting just beat by double digits by Maryland is not helping you. Like it, it, it's it has less to do about actual records, like what Texas's record is, than it does with public perception. You know, and nothing that happened this weekend helped that. Guess what, Carson? OU Ohio State this weekend. Guess who I'm rooting for? OU. Yeah. Of course, I'm I'm with Mike Gundy. I want I want OU to go whatever uh, eleven and one and or I guess eleven and two and lose in the regular season and the and the Big Twelve title to Oklahoma State two times because OU going to Columbia. I mean, and 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 again, like let's say OU goes to Ohio State and beats them, that flips the whole thing, right? Like it doesn't matter what Texas did. It doesn't matter. Like we we can. We are more easily swayed by these bigger, like big time games, and I think, I think OU going up there and beating Ohio State would completely change the perception of the league for the rest of 2017. See, that's where you and I agree. To me, it's about the top teams and who they've beaten, and I don't think, I don't think Michigan and Oklahoma State. The argument is going to be, well, Michigan beat. Um, Nebraska they're they're eight and four whereas Texas is six and six so we obviously all that helps I understand but to me it's all about the cream of the crop what they did who they beat and how impressive were they and Kyle this may be just how dubious I feel about college football and the the juggernaut theory but you put bow-legged Pete helmet up against Michigan's helmet it doesn't (laughs) the resumes don't matter they're taking Michigan yeah so I'm not losing any sleep over the Big 12 stinking so far because I think if OU and OSU take care of business, I think they're going to be fine because I, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 will threaten them. Uh, USC was struggling with Western Michigan. Now they, they could win out, but Washington played nobody in the non-conference. I think they can. the Big 12 can take take out whoever comes out of the, out of the Pac-12 if the resumes are somewhat similar, although the USC juggernaut theory comes into play too. But Yeah. But I don't know. In the ACC, they look. Florida State's probably out after losing their quarterback. Clemson looks really good still. Um, but I'm I'm confident the Big Twelve can get in as long as the top teams take care of business. I wanted to ask you about Florida State. How how are you feeling? Not not good. Are you are you ill? Well, I mean, like this. It was a great game, right? The, both defenses played awesome. But like, I feel like, I mean, you fumble a kickoff and have a punt blocked in your own territory. Like you're not beating Alabama. So that. But they went toe-to-toe with them the whole game. But, like, several national people were just like, oh, well, the Florida State fans were silly to think they had a chance in this game. Like, they, what are you talking about, dude? Like, two horrible special teams gaps were the, were the only difference in that football game. Jalen Hurts didn't even throw for 100 yards. So, like, Florida State, to me, is the, one of the only teams in the, in the country that can go toe-to-toe, recruit for recruit. And we saw that. I thought it was a great game. Obviously, losing your quarterback with – Five minutes to go just ruins the season. That's horrible. But I thought it was a good game, and I think all the the, the people saying, "Oh, well, Alabama just on a different." Le- Alabama could have lost that game without. 
obviously special teams are a part of it, but it's not like they just outplayed Florida State from you know beginning to end. Yeah, um, Florida State might be one of those five teams that Gundy arbitrarily threw out there. Athletically dominate you defensively. Did you did you see some of the dudes they have on defense? It's it's, it's absurd. Yeah, like they're like Jimbo's built them like Alabama. They're, yeah. they're built just like them now. Yeah. No one's Alabama, so that's that's what you run into. Um, did you think a, uh, watching that game? I got a I got a great tweet. Like when I was watching that game, like watching that, does that give you more or less confidence? OSU could go play one of those teams. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I get, came get, away. I came away much less confident on just on the lines on yeah. the offensive defensive lines. But here's the thing, and Gundy said this in the in the uh, I think it was his media day press conference. Somebody asked him about it. He was like, you know, if you if you go up against Alabama, you might have to throw it seventy times. Like that just that just might you know that might be like how you have to beat them. I, he was like, I don't know. I, we haven't we are not game planning for Alabama, but <laughs> um, it. it it would be, I think, you know, styles make fights, right? Like we we always hear that in like boxing or or UFC or whatever. And stylistically, Oklahoma State is so different from, especially Alabama, but even Florida State in a lot of ways. And so, if if you didn't make mistakes, I think it would be interesting. But that's the thing, like you just mentioned it. If you make mistakes against Alabama or, or on the flip side, if you turn turn it around and Alabama makes those mistakes against Florida State, they kill you. Like you can't do that. You cannot turn the ball over inside your own 20. You can't throw pick sixes. You can't do any of that because you're just giving them free points. And so if Oklahoma State didn't make mistakes against one of those teams, I think I think it could be interesting. But – I don't know, man. It's <clears throat> those teams are built to not make mistakes, and Oklahoma State is is less so just because they're more wide open. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. Well, I just I think the offense would be fine. I think they would score on Alabama because um, Clemson scored on them two straight years in the title game. I think Clemson's close, you know, close comparison offensively, talent wise. Um, I just worry about. <laughs> I just worry about the pounding the OSU defense would take and how long yeah. they could could hold up. That would be uh, yeah, that would be taxing. I would say. Uh, should we talk about Texas A and M? They went full Aggie. They need to I, hire I, less Miles. I turned it off. I was working on something on Sunday night. I was like, oh man, Nick Starkle. I didn't even know he's starting. A and M looks great. We'll see you on Monday. And then. <laughs> All these, you know, I get on our Slack right before I went to bed, and I was like, "What, what happened? How did this happen?" It, uh, Justin Southwell pointed this out. They were up, A and M was up the bedlam, the 2011 bedlam score, 44-10, in the third wow. quarter, and they lost. <laughs> can you can you imagine? Can you imagine Oklahoma State losing that bedlam game after being up 44-10? Oh man, that would be just the lowest point ever. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like Boone, Boone may have Boone may have like fired Gundy on the field if that would have happened. <laughs> Boone would have like charged the field and like ripped off the visor, like <laughs> taking the visor off Gundy's head and then just said, "You're fired. Get out of here," and then left. I, I just I was in shock. Uh, speaking of the visor, did you see Gundy rocking the shades at at night? We might have talked the, about this. 
the, you guys called them the hater blockers. The hater blockers. Put them on, baby. That calls for that song, uh, Sunglasses at Night. No, that was a good look. I mean, uh, Gunny can do whatever he wants at this point, right? And it, it'll, yeah. It's just 100% approval. Yep. That's great. I mean, will he wear those in Bedlam is the key. He like, should. He, he, yeah. Uh, well, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of time to talk about Bedlam. Um, yeah, that's true. Okay. Anything else that we missed? Um, you need to go get your 13 jersey on and get a workout in or something. Yeah. I mean, did you see uh, Glenn Spencer's first warrior poem of the year? Uh, I did. I don't re- There was like six of them, weren't there? There was yeah, like six different they're things. Yeah, they're just they're paragraphs now. I mean, yeah. the last paragraph was from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> which I'm guessing you haven't seen. I no, of course not. <laughs> oh, it's an all-time movie, Kyle. Is that uh, Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis is in it as well. It's heavyweights. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the clip in which he says this. We might have some cussing, though. Yeah, we, we have to get that E rating for iTunes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, did you see we passed 300 contributors? Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. It's the best. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't yeah, believe that's, it. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And I know it, 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 it's hit home for you, having family in, in Houston, so... Any way the blog can just kind of help out even just a little is awesome. I know you didn't raise $17 million like J.J. Uh, Watt or whatever. Yeah, I told – well, my wife, uh, Je- uh, Mrs. Pistols and I were talking about that, and I was like, yeah, it feels – I feel kind of like <laughs> low level, you know, given, given a grant. If, I mean, at first I was like, oh, man, it's kind of a lot. Like, And then I saw J.J. Watt giving $17 million and you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll uh, – give my grand and uh, just shuffle on out of here. But no, it was, it was fun to be able to do that. And it's been really cool. I think to see just people sort of rallying nationally to help, to help others out. You know, I, I, I do still have family in Houston, a lot of friends there. Um, so yeah, it's been great in, in a divisive time for the, for the country. It's been a, a pretty cool few weeks. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, um, Oklahoma really when like a tornado happens everyone kind of gets together and helps out and you know there's not it's not all bad in the world there are there are good people and, and you're certainly one of them for helping raise whatever you can so that was really cool yeah I appreciate that um, okay South Alabama Friday night we're going to try to be back I think before that we're going to try to do a, uh, a mailbag of sorts uh, possibly a live mailbag and turn it into a podcast. Um, so send your questions in pistols, firing blog at gmail.com. And, uh, I liked the, uh, the dual Facebook thing, Carson. That was fun. The split screen. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, we'll have to do it when I'm not in a car. It'll look a little better. <laughs> I looked like I was bald cause there was like no light and all you could see was like my forehead. It looked like stone cold Steve Austin. <laughs> No, it was great. It's fun to be able to react to, to each other. And, uh, yeah, should be, should be a fun season. Well, I'll see you, uh, live on, um, on Friday. We're going to do a pod, like you said, on Thursday, but I'll be in Columbus, Ohio for the OU game. It's on channel five. So I'll be on the road again, but I should be in my hotel somewhere. So we'll have to do awesome. another one for yep. uh, post game live, live reaction from, uh, from after who won, after- uh, who won the uni review <clears throat> or uni picks? Um, well, Southwell was the only one that had orange, so I he guess got the he jersey did. right. Yeah, did he get the pants right too? 
He went orange and white. Yeah. Yeah. So we're already we're already down. We're, I feel like Rory McIlroy after a first round. <laughs> Did he miss the cut? Uh, this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you texted me about Justin Thomas. I see you've, you've hopped off the Rory bandwagon. Now you're on Justin. No, I'm not, I'm not. I am not off the Rory bandwagon, and I am have always been on the Thomas bandwagon. I said at the beginning of the year, I wrote this in, in December. I said Justin Thomas is going to be a top 10 player by the end of 2017, and he's number four right now. So there we go. He's, he's awesome. Uh, one last thing before we go. I just got a tweet from uh, Emily Gilly. I think you got it too. She said, is this your special bench on campus? And it's got a plaque on it with the old school brand, and it says, ride for the brand. That's incredible. I've never seen this bench on campus, but it should be. Uh, We'll have to meet up there for a game sometime. We'll do a live podcast from that bench. (laughs) Yes. And Forrest Gump-legged Pete can join us for the bench. Uh, That's good. That's good. Okay, Carson, uh, we will talk to you later on in the week. Sounds good. Okay, see you.